Welcome to the Rooted Woman Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about instinctual, sovereign womanhood and motherhood. I'm your host, Bethany Wild. I'm a mother, author, womb pelvic healing guide, and support those along the motherhood continuum. You can find my womb massage and scar tissue healing workshops, pelvic care training, and more at bethanywild.com. And now for the show. Hey there, just want to give you a quick pre-intro to let you know that this solo episode was recorded a couple of months ago and it's taken me a little while to release it, um, but it's still just as relevant and just as interesting to me and I hope to you as well listening. So I also want to say that I am coming up on the end of season one. I had planned from the beginning that I would do this in seasons from, you know, September to June. So I have just a couple more episodes for you with two amazing women, conversations with them that I think you're going to love. And then I will end there for a couple of months planning for season two. So if you are a woman who has a beautiful birth story, a healing story, a woman's story, anything in these areas of sovereign, instinctual womanhood and motherhood, uh, definitely reach out to me. I'll include my email in the show notes as always. I would love to uh, invite you to do that and we'll see if it's a good fit. All right, so this episode is me talking about my feelings and experiences with bringing in practices to kind of move me from this state of, you know, what I've talked about before, what we've had conversations before in this podcast from being in this victimhood place and mothering to moving out of that into presence, into nourishment. And so I have included both things that I weave into my life with my daughter and then things that I do uh, by myself on the side. And so it's really just kind of a lot of different topics in that theme. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and end this intro here and move into my solo episode. Um, again, reach out to me if you have a story that you would like to share for season two. And thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for your support. Um, I would also, just to end this, really love it if you left a review for this podcast. Um, I believe that Spotify doesn't do that, but Apple Podcasts does, and it really helps me get uh, this out there to other women and helps support uh, this, this podcast project very much. So thank you again, and let's get into my episode on these mother nourishing practices that I do. So I've been wanting to come on here and really just kind of share a little bit about the things that I've been reflecting on lately, the things that I've been 
sharing in other platforms and really bring it here and expand upon it. I've had some really beautiful conversations with women recently listening to their stories and I'm excited to bring on more expanded women's stories, um, including birth, their mothering stories, stories of their own mother, stories of healing. And so I have just come out of solo mothering for a week, which, you know, isn't that much compared to a lot of other women, single mothers, but it's definitely give me given me a lot of perspective since I've actually never just mothered entirely alone for an entire week. And I've spent a lot of that time really reflecting on the concept of time, you know, reflecting on mothering as this real big shift from this self-centering aspect of ourselves to centering of our children that is just inherent and innate and reflecting on as always just that lost quality of time Um, and this is something that I've thought about ever since my daughter was born just like how massive and profound that shift is and you don't even appreciate how much time you truly have when you are in your maidenhood. Um, and that it's such a stark contrast when you become a mother and there just isn't enough time. And so at first that was like the biggest hurdle that I had to go through and overcome and work with and surrender to and surrender again and again and again. And I feel like this week was really helpful because it was something that I was dreading the loss of my time during the whole week. And then I really began to see how much has shifted in both my own daughter's life and how I approach my own mothering. And it was a really beautiful, peaceful week. And I had plenty of time for the things that I wanted to do. And I think that is a combination of both her and me her getting older, her unique personality, as well as my own levels of, you know, being chill and surrendering and not being in that state of resentment. And so that's something that I remember talking about with Kristen Hauser. And then I think another mother as well, the desire that so many of us have right now to shift from this state of, you know, like victim mother to, taking full responsibility of our lives and creating just like shifting our paradigm and perspective and not taking in that mainstream um, picture of motherhood as you know this 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 sacrificial time and to, you know, lament how we don't have the village and just like really step into presence, learn how to live our lives uh, with children orbiting around us. So this week has really been a practice of me doing that. So I was kind of reflecting a little bit on some of my past posts online. One in particular that really, um, that I brought up that 
resonated with me again was where I was talking about how mothering from your deepest heart is womb wisdom, how we don't need to do any practices. So I talked about how, you know, I have some friends without children and this is something that I used to do as well, where, you know, they wake up every day and they have their beautiful morning practices. They meditate, they envision yoga, self-care, all the things for hours every morning and don't even look at their phone till like mid-morning. And that's something that I used to do. And at first it was really a loss for me, those like those self-care practices, um, And in becoming a mother, self-care in general has shifted greatly. Um, And it has been a real pivotal moment for me when I realized that those practices are not defining me. They are not the key to my enlightenment. If I don't do them, it doesn't mean that like I'm not being spiritual or not being connected I really began to see them as are these helpful and healing tools that I'm going to pick up again one day if I want to. And then the most empowering and potent realization for me has been that the real spiritual practice for me is in mothering, how my capacity has and is continually being expanded in each moment you know, this like deeply human and spiritual experience of being quite honestly (laughs) triggered all the time and then reweaving my baseline wounded reactions and in the process, uh, truly maturing me, healing what is, you know, intergenerational trauma. So that is this huge aspect of maturity for us as women, the potential that we can find in surrender to the expansion, in the curiosity to really see um, our wounds that are being activated by our children as they get older, um, and even as babies, of course. So, And then there's this other aspect of being with children where you're kind of like sitting in the space and consciousness of a child, which is like the, the time and uh, energy of, of nature itself, which is slow and, you know, all children are in this altered state of consciousness, these altered rhythms where they have this joy and appreciation and this kind of state of natural meditation. And this has been such a gift for me to receive as well, especially this last week where I had to just kind of give up on my work projects and a lot of the things that I wanted to do there. And I really set this intention to be with my daughter in full presence and it wasn't the whole day like I spent plenty of time just like reading and you know cooking and cleaning and taking care of my life but when I was with her I set this intention to really align with her energy and sit in appreciation of her childhood and this is living in alignment with the seasons of our lives and our womanhood And 
mothering young children is the season of divine service to our young. And so it is in relationship to our deepest nature as a woman that we understand our connection to spirit through our bodies is innate, like going back to these practices again, right? We don't have to do anything to awaken this magic. We don't need to do the practices, although they're beautiful and helpful and we can certainly weave them into our mothering. But um, I feel like that's one of, that's an important level of release for a woman who is first becoming a mother is to let the ego go about the things that were your identity in your maidenhood because you need to let so much go to come into yourself and who you're becoming. And when I'm in that space with my daughter of giving her my full presence, aligning with her energy, not wishing to be anywhere else or do anything else, um, and I don't accomplish it all the time, of course, that's not, um, I don't even believe that we should be living in that child-centered state all the time, but certainly at moments throughout the day, we should be doing things like that, um, should, well, so I do feel like mothering in our deepest heart is living this essence of womb wisdom, and this is how we through mothering, we connect to the magic of the female body. We literally see our creation in living form. It's the most um, deeply fulfilling thing I've ever experienced. So this also doesn't mean that you can't integrate these beautiful practices that fill your heart and soul and spirit and enliven you in small ways that uh, shift and change with the seasons, the ages of your children, your own energy levels, because by doing so, we do show our children how important our own embodiment is. We show them how important it is to come back to our, our own bodily wisdom and voice. We show them what it means to not be an entirely self-sacrificial mother. Um, so some of the things that come to mind, things that I do personally, and so my child is three, uh, she's almost three, and this has shifted a lot. Like, I th think um, this is going to change so drastically depending on who you are, if it's your first time mothering, if you, um, the ages of your child, the temperament of your child, but just some things that I do. Um Pretty much every day we will, I will play some music that fills my heart and spirit and I'll put it on, we'll dance together. Um, a lot of times I'll just hold her because she's, she's not wanting to really like dance on her own very often. And there's just something so like for me, Dancing and art are these two activities that deeply f fill the cup of my spirit so much, especially, um, well, first I do want to say too that like I, in regards to music, 
TV, whatever it is, like media, I'm going to play things that I like. I don't personally like to play like kids songs that wouldn't appeal to me. So that's how I prioritize and kind of like center my own family flow. Um, so some of the music artists that I really love to play that have songs that um, make me happy and make me want to dance and make me reconnect to who I am as a woman. Um, I love Maria Stark. I'm going to actually, I'll link these in the show notes too. Um, but I like beautiful chorus. I love Dea Dova, um, Trevor Hall, Xavier Rudd. Those are the few ones that come to mind that I play a lot. Um, let's see. I'm not really in a season right now of doing pelvic steaming, but I have before. And that's a beautiful practice that I probably will take up again if and when I am on a preconception path. And I think that's such a beautiful practice to share. Um, I know practitioners who do talk about um, offering that for men. So this isn't just something that you could do with your daughter, but maybe with your boy as well. Um, So I really prioritize and want to share with her. Um really like ancestral skills, natural self-care, healing practices. And, you know, I've always been deeply honest with her about the the female body and talking about birth and the yoni and yoni blood and all these things. And so um, for her to see me do a self-care practice that is so healing and pleasurable and simple and beautiful... Um, I love that. So she's seen me gather the herbs together, pray over them, boil them on the stove, sit over it, you know, be in my prayer and meditation. And we haven't gotten to the point where I've set it up for her, but I think that would be totally appropriate and fun. And um, of course, I would really cool it down and I feel like just with her personality, she wouldn't even sit on there for more than like a second, probably just to try it out. Another thing that I have always tried to do with her is um, like a belly massage, a womb massage. I always talk to her about her anatomy and she loves to talk about it as well. But I liked her to see me do my belly womb massage for me that's like one of my favorite self-care practices that I don't again those are like that's one of those things that has really fallen by the wayside but it really is so simple and I love that practice for how it's it's so simple but it's so potent and it takes like 10 minutes but it always makes me feel so much better after so much more connected like 
just on a physical level, I feel so enlivened. So even just talking about it right now, it reminds me how um, I really should prioritize that. Um, And then just a side note, if you want to access my womb massage practice, you can find that on my website. I'll link it in the show notes. It's a very simple, maybe like 10, 15 minute daily practice. I do it in seasons of my life my life. So I'll do it um, often if I'm feeling some kind of stagnation or if I'm wanting a kind of anchoring practice for coming back to my body and my womb. It's kind of one of those practices that um, seem like so hard to start, but once you literally just lay down and start massaging you remember how good it feels and how simple it is um so actually that leads me into i also shared a post on social media where i talked about five mother nourishing practices that i really prioritize so i'm just going to talk about that now because the first one is a womb massage so i use a saint john's wort body oil with which I got from a friend of mine. And if you ever do get a St. John's Wort infused body oil, it you want it to be bright red. It has to be used with the fresh plant material. That's how you are getting all the good medicines. So St. John's Wort is a plant that promotes this feeling of peace and relaxation and joy. And so it just fits so perfectly with Um, like the belly womb massage that I do and that I teach, which helps me come back into this state of just total peace and happiness. Um, It also reconnects me back to my body. It's one of the simplest practices that I have for doing this along with dancing. Um, It helps move the flow of blood and lymph and energy back to our center And so I have always just done it solo. I have done it on my daughter as well. It's, it's this very simple practice that we can teach our children to do with us. Um, and I always say that you can always do it intuitively. You don't need to do the, you you don't need to learn from like an expert massage is something that is so, uh, primal and ancient and intuitive And you don't need to know any specific techniques, but if you are wanting one and wanting a structure, check out my workshop. The next practice that I prioritize, if not daily, at least several times a week. So this is nature walks, not a walk in a neighborhood, not a walk um, around people as much, but This is really my top practice to come back to a baseline of peace in my body and my spirit. So lately I found a, I found a spot where I can walk two hours, which is, um, such a good find since I live in a city right now, but I try to at least have the intention of walking at least an hour in the wildest place as, uh, the most wildest place possible with the least amount of people. Um, this is really important. And then even to go barefoot wherever you can, that is going to really make a difference as well in regulating your nervous system 
to the rhythms of nature, attuning your body and your energy to that, that pace of the earth. So you'll feel this by the end. Um, my mind is usually just quieted and at ease. There's like, there's a distinct difference in my energy patterns and rhythms and the quiet of my mind. So I prefer to go solo, but I also do prioritize taking my daughter along with me. So it's a slower paced walk. I'm not going to go as long. I know that. Um, it's really a time for us both to connect and her to get her nature time. So I have so many songs that I sing to her. Um, I talk to her about the plants. She picks flowers. She climbs on the rocks. I, it's like I corral her along the path. So I alternate between carrying her on my back and then her walking and exploring um, so it's definitely a, a different experience, but I think we, either way, um, they're really important and I do feel at peace and at ease and regulated by the, by the end of the walk. So I do want to share some songs because I know that I always love receiving songs from women. I truly have so many different ones that I sing to her that I've learned from other women and heard in women's circles, um, ones that I've received from like nature school teachers, um, even singing my favorite songs from some of the artists that I just recommended. So I'm going to share... Let's see, I'll share maybe three just really short ones that are fun to sing because I really, I feel like most of the children's songs are so silly and ridiculous that it's been really important to me in my motherhood to, you know, gather all the sacred songs, the nature-based songs, and then just implant that into my daughter's consciousness versus ones that are just so not appealing to me. If you have any good ones to share, reach out to me. So the first one, Earth My Body, I learned in my my abdominal training, but I've also heard it from many other sources as well. Um, It was originally sung in Spanish. That's how I learned it, but I will sing the English version. Earth my body, water my blood. Air my breath and fire my spirit, earth my body, water my blood. Air my breath and fire my spirit, earth my body, water my blood. Air my breath and fire my spirit. So you can really just sing that one over and over again. Um, It's up to you how many times you want to sing it. Okay, the next one um, I received back in Oregon from um, a friend who owns a nature school. From the earth to the sun, we are one, we are one. From the earth to the sun, we are one, we are one. 
by the stars in the night. We are light, we are light. By the stars in the night. We are light, we are light. Like the wind upon the sea. We are free, we are free. From below and above. We are in service to love. From below and above, we are in service to love. And the wind upon the sea, we are free, we are free. And then you can just sing that over again, that, those entire verses, um, those five different verses where you sing twice. I think I might have missed um, one of them, but you get the idea. Um, let's see. And then one more. I'm going to link this woman um, online. I found a song from this beautiful woman that I follow who is a traditional birth keeper. And her name is Emily. The earth awakens with the sun. Her children singing. We are one, the tides are turning, with the earth a new beginning, time for rebirth. And then you would sing all of those verses one more time. Um, actually, let me share one more because I sing this one as well and it's really fun. And then you can kind of replace any of these specific lines with, um, like a different one and you'll, you'll see what I mean once I sing it. My roots go down, down to the earth. My roots go down, down to the earth. My roots go down, down to the earth. My roots go down. I am a tree swaying in the wind. I am a tree swaying in the wind. I am a tree swaying in the wind. My roots go down. I am a phoenix diving through the sky. I am a phoenix diving through the sky. I am a phoenix diving through the sky. My roots go down. I am a wolf howling at the moon. I am a wolf howling at the moon. I am a wolf howling at the moon. My roots go down. My roots go down, down to the earth. My roots go down, down to the earth. My roots go down, down to the earth. My roots go down. So I absolutely love singing these fun songs with my daughter when we're out in nature or honestly anytime, like in when we're hanging out at home. And I love for her to, she's just at the point now where she's kind of like singing to herself, which is just the sweetest thing ever. If you are at that point too, or past that point in, in, uh, with your children. And I love knowing that she is, like these songs are forming the fabric of her consciousness and bringing her joy instead of, you know, like nonsensical songs like row your boat or something like that. So that gives me a lot of joy. Um, and there's so many other fun 
beautiful sacred like songs that I've learned from women's circles that maybe that's a time for another podcast or something um but I love hearing her sing those ones too okay so um my third one of mother nourishing practices that I love to do is joyful cooking so this is a little bit different from um, like just cook regular cooking a meal, but I like to make it a little bit more of a fun and ritual based experience because it really fulfills me and connects me to, um, like all these things that feel deeply ancestral. So again, I'll play my favorite music. It'll be a nourishing meal from scratch and, I set this intention that I want to put all this joy and all this love and all this fun into the meal to really nourish us. So there's a lot of, you know, ritual and playfulness. I've really been trying to integrate my daughter into cooking, allowing her to learn more from me. And she goes in and out of desiring to to do every part of it versus just wanting me to do it. So I just let it be whatever she wants to be a part of. Um, and there's that joy of the music. So everything just feels reset for me in those times where I'm really cultivating a joyful experience with my child. So we got the, you know, we're cooking the meal, we're using the herbs, I'm kneading the bread. It really connects me to my all the things that modern life is devoid of for me, which is like this sense of doing real human ancestral skills. It's so simple, but I know that it is something that connects me to all the women that came before me. And it's a really meditative, beautiful practice. So um, that is something that really nourishes me. Okay, and then the last two are just a couple of like seasonal things that I think are really important for nourishment in our mothering and filling our own cup. So, you know, I always talk about how much output of energy and, you know, nourishment and just there's just so much output in motherhood, right? We're giving to others. We are giving our energy, our, our life force, our body, everything we're, we're, we're outputting, right? So, um, the other side of that is for us to receive and input and take in. And strangely enough, it's something that really falls to the wayside, but we are ushering in something different, right? The women who listen to this want to bring in something different we want to reclaim our vitality and our mothering and heal these intergenerational patterns that have been about sacrificial mothering and we cannot continue to output without depletion of our life force and so I think repletion Um, that concept, that idea, that reality is really what I'm seeking. And I know a lot of other women and it seems so far out, 
Um, but here just, you know, within this podcast is just a reflection of me talking about what has been working for me. Um, okay. So back to massage, you know, I have been a body worker for a number of years. And so I am a proponent of body work and massage and touch and getting a massage is more to me than just that physical piece. Of course, it is nourishing on that level. We're stimulating blood and lymph flow. We're releasing endorphins. You know, we're healing all the muscular tension, but there's something else to me on an emotional level and a heart-based level that is really felt every time I get a massage. It almost brings me to tears because I don't get that enough and I it's something that I want to prioritize but when I do go and get a massage um, it really feels like nourishing loving touch or at least you know that's what it should feel like that's how we know we found a great body worker um, so this is really important because this is something that we're outputting. We're outputting loving touch all the time. And there's something in us that needs to be received on this level, this emotional, this heart-based level. And of course, we can receive a lot of nourishing touch and loving touch from our partners if we have one. Um, but this is something that is without agenda, you know, without sexuality, without hiring anything in return. It's simply a one-way giving. Like, of course, we're, we're giving money, um, but that that's pretty much it. So I would suggest prioritizing that once a month, ideally. If not that, then at least seasonally. I can't really think of another type of way that we can receive in this way. Um, this this loving touch without expectation of of returning the favor basically so um, something that I recommend that that is just so beautiful and important especially if you are pregnant or postpartum um, this is really nourishing to you okay and then the last one that I feel is just like I wish every woman I know is able to do this. So before I had kids, before I had a child, um, I had her at 30. So I had a whole decade of adulthood, young adulthood, but I did a lot of traveling and exploration and I feel like that's a key part of my identity. It's not something I do a lot now, but it's something that I'm like, you know, I want to integrate into my life more. I know that when my kids are grown up, I'm going to get right back to traveling a lot. So, and I'm just someone who, who loves like solo independent travel. So this year, as my daughter was two and a half, I coordinated my first solo getaway, which was really just to the the local Texas coast here. It was about two nights. And what it did for me was remember that I am an explorer upon this earth. It reconnected me to 
myself as a woman separate from my role as a mother. And I think that every woman that I know who, you know, takes like an hour, two or three or whatever to go do something away from their kids, they always feel like there's this internal like clock that they have to get back. So what a longer getaway excursion, a weekend, whatever does for you. Um, it is so relaxing to your nervous system to not feel that clock. Like you maybe feel that clock in a larger sense, um, but your day isn't dominated by that. And that's so relaxing to me. So I knew that I had the entire day, um, the entire like three day trip that I did. Like I wasn't feeling this like stress and pressure inside my body to get back to my child. Of course I missed her. Um, and maybe I felt these like little bits of guilt here and there, but I also knew how important it was. And, you know, this probably is not something that's going to be comfortable or available. It may not even be desirable for some women, but maybe there is a part of you that does long for this, but you just don't know how to make it possible. So for me, seeing a couple of other mothers who that I look up to how, who have similar parenting styles to me do the same thing, um, even for like weeks at a time, it gave me permission to do something that I really longed to do. It reminded me that this was a longing in my heart and I didn't need to feel guilty about it. So that's what kind of gave me that internal permission to coordinate that trip. And now my next trip is so fun to plan and I'll talk about it another time, but um, I'm planning a longer one next year and, and I, I honestly cannot wait. And I don't think there's anything wrong with leaving your child with your partner, your loving partner, your family, people you trust. Um, could I have done that before age two? I'm not sure. But women do it all the time. Mothers do it all the time. And more loving adults around children and having those bonds is always better, in my opinion. Um, so I also want to say, too, that even though I mentioned these five things, like all these beautiful practices that I do with my child by myself, I also feel at the same time that there is absolutely no substitute for support village community that is the way that you like time by yourself is not just necessary not just crucial it's of course you can do all of these beautiful things um all these nourishing things around your children and weave them into your day but there's something that happens when you are alone um there's a way that you can center yourself inside yourself that is, um, and, and just like fill your cup without worrying about energies around you. That is so important in mothering, you know, so many women I know talk about how we miss the village, how that is our design, um, to have all of these other loving adults around, ideally. 
And at the same time, it's like me and so many other women I know have all of these, um, maybe rightful, maybe not, um, issues with bringing in that help and support. Like so many of us don't trust our families. You know, we, we worry about hiring help. And I think, and I know that there are like in modern day, there are concessions around having support in the sense that, you know, when we bring in our family, if we go live with our family to recreate the village, uh, we're not going to agree with everything that they do and believe in. Um, so we can either kind of deal with that as would have been the past, or we can mother alone, um, and, and, you know, deal with those concessions. But I think we all know that mothering alone day in and day out is not sustainable. We can have our little steals of time here and there, um, but prioritizing the larger vision of support and, and being held by other adults is, is really the goal. And certainly I don't have the answers for that one. Um, but I do know that there are, um, you know, when we bring in more adults, there's more energies to work with. There's more conflicts that arise. Um, we're so not used to village life that it is a really vastly different shift in the way we live and our own sense of independence and our own desire for control of our families and our lives. So I don't know, there's a lot there to unpack and explore, but I do want to say that that is really the backbone um, of all of this of like, you know, being able to be a nourished mother doesn't happen when we're mothering alone all day in and out. I don't know of of any woman who is able to actually accomplish that. If you are one, please reach out so I can um, have you come on the podcast and share your stories and your secrets. But I did want to, you know, have this episode to talk about some of the practices and, and ways of living that are working for me, that are important for me. I certainly, again, haven't figured it all out. Um, and I do only have one child who surprisingly has gotten pretty chill and and relaxed over time it wasn't that way when she was a baby and I do feel like things are really opening up or I'm starting to be able to have um to like coexist with her in a space where I can do my own thing while she's doing her own thing and it's you know it's a weaving in and out of of attention and um giving attention to her and then giving attention to what I'm doing um but yeah, this is going to be first of many episodes of unpacking and deepening into this concept of what does it mean to be a nourished mother? What does it mean to reclaim and cultivate our vitality? What does it mean to move from this identity of victim mother to, you know, I don't even have the full words for it, but this like matriarch of our family who is at peace and who is in her power and who 
fully chooses her life and accepts her life and loves her life. And there's so many pieces to it. So I'm excited to explore this both within some of these solo episodes and also to talk to other women about what is working for them because what's working uh, or what's happening in our collective is, is so obviously not working that we have to dream up something new and gather all the pieces of what is working for different women and bring them into our own lives and that's what I love so much about this this platform of podcasting, of of gathering and sharing the stories in a way that um, is so deeply needed in these times. And I just feel so honored to be able to be holding space for stories because I know how much listening to other women's stories about all things under the sun has absolutely changed my consciousness, my sense of self, even the choices that I've made in my life. And that is such a huge privilege that we have as modern women that we have not had access to in the past. Um, and I think we don't think about that so often, but I'm reading this, this book right now that's set a couple thousand years ago. And it's just so apparent to me how, how absolutely lucky we are right now to be able to share our stories, to be as free as we are, to be free to dream and create and walk upon this earth um, in the way that we do. So I'm going to use this platform and this time to share stories that can better us, that can elevate us. So I think I'll end this here. And in another episode, I really want to share the current books that I'm absolutely loving uh, reading right now, which is just absolutely um, also one of the most beautiful things in my life that I look forward to every day that fill my heart and my spirit and are just giving me a lot of energy right now. So I'm excited to kind of share those in another episode where I can talk about them more in depth and share some of my favorite passages that just speak so much to my heart. So thank you for listening to this somewhat rambling episode and hopefully you picked up some something some words of wisdom or you know nodded your your head in in agreement and something resonated with you so always feel free to reach out to me I'm going to include my email in the show notes and Let me know if there's something that you are longing to hear about or if you have a story to share. I am always open to receiving those emails. Okay, talk to you soon. If you are loving this podcast and excited to listen more to these topics of sovereign and instinctual womanhood and motherhood, the call to women's work and more, then here are a few ways that you can support this project and help me continue to put it out there. You can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, which helps reach more women. You can also check out my book, Pelvic Awakening on Amazon, which is all about womb healing and connection and covers so many topics 
And if you love that, you can leave a rating and review there. Um, And then finally, you can also check out my learning library, which includes my wise woman practitioner training, personal healing workshops, and more. All the links are in the show notes. And thank you again so much for your support.